from Melbourne and Minneapolis. This is for Christ's sake. over desks going through the passports of every person, including the crew, had been on flight 703. It was a painfully slow business of checking through the phone book-sized directories, check sheets, number lists. Most of the passengers were British on an early holiday. There were a handful of Frenchmen back from business in London, and an occasional Dutchman, German, and American. Mostly men, mostly impeccable. Hello, and welcome to the show. My name is Michael Crichton, and this is For Christ's Sake. <coughs> Hello, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. This is For Christ's Sake, the podcast where uh, my good friend Hugh and I, my name is Hunter, uh, are going to comb through the latest chapter of the works of Michael Crichton. By latest chapter, I mean we're going to go through them chapter by chapter. Uh, this week, as we did last week, and the week that's coming after this, and the week that is coming after that, 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 we're going to talk about Michael Crichton's second novel, written under the nom de plume, Jean Lange, Jean Lange, and that novel is called Scratch One. Is that right, Hugh? So far, so correct. <coughs> but I will say that, uh, you are not merely joined by your two hosts, your two regular hosts, which is you, Hunter, and me, Hugh. You are also joined, albeit briefly, by the man himself, mm. Michael Crichton. He seems to have gone now, but uh, he was there. I had to go back to California to go kill some more people in order <laughs> to live forever, Hugh. Goodbye! <laughs> Goodbye, Michael! Oh, that was his car going away. Mm, mm. Well, Hugh, not only are we joined this week by Michael Crichton, we are joined, as we are every week, by two other, or four other special guests, mm. our signature snack and our signature drink. Now, this week, as I was accompanied by last week and the week before that and the week before that, not the week before that, the last week and the week before that. No, just last week, I guess. <laughs> I'm accompanied by a sort of blood orange soda screwdriver of my own invention mm. and a delicious bag of salt and vinegar potato chips. Now you, let's hear what your uh, snack and drink options are. Uh, I have a bowl of uh, convoluted hard pretzels. Why convoluted? Like the plot of this novel. They're twisty and turny. They go everywhere. I want to describe this novel as convoluted. At the point at which we selected our snacks, it, it seemed more convoluted than it ended up being. But anyway. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've got a bowl of pretzels. 
And in addition to that, I have a cup of what I will now dub Portuguese coffee. <laughs> which is coffee, which is a drink that is unrelated to this podcast. It has nothing to do with the signature drink I normally have for this podcast. But because it is morning here, and I have not had breakfast, I had to combine a traditional cup of coffee with a traditional glass of Portuguese port. Mm. And the resulting concoction is quite disgusting. Thank you. Well, I, I never, I never could have anticipated that. I selected the port in the first place because it had a certain full-bodied blood-like quality. Mm. And this is a port, mind you, that uh, is actually the colour of red wine, so it's more befitting than the traditional tawny port, which I mistakenly thought it would be when I poured it out of the bottle. Mm. Uh, and it also hails from Portugal, which is a location that was mentioned in, like, Chapter 1 and has not reappeared <laughs> since. So, and probably yeah. won't reappear. That's right. All right. And there's also the Cockburn stuff, but we won't get into that again. The what? Well, the brand name is Coburn, spelled Cockburn. And I anticipated that some of the characters in this novel would experience that affliction at some point. I don't think in the text of the novel, but maybe outside, if they were to... Well, fortunately, Michael Crichton uh, renders such vivid characters that they do kind of exist outside the novel, do they not? Um, they do not. Like that girl whose boob Roger Carr grabbed. <laughs> Who only existed to have her boob be grabbed. We didn't get the resolution. Is she still lying in bed at this very moment, or has she just vanished out of existence? <laughs> there, I have no idea, and there will never be an answer to that question. And we can't track her down? We don't know her name? That's because she doesn't exist. You know that she was in the Red Dragon Inn once? Should I see if that's a real uh, real pub in jolly old... Uh, Blighty? Blighty town? We could go on an excursion, a very special episode, of, for Christ's <laughs> sake. <laughs> There is a board game called the Red Dragon Inn. I'm not even sure if the if it was called the Red Dragon Inn or the Red Dragon something else or just Red Dragon. There is, uh, yes, in Kirkaby Wandsdale, Carnforth. I don't know which one of these is the the place. So, so it's funny that he mentions Red Dragon though, because you know, twenty years later, Thomas Harris would write a novel of that name about a certain serial killer. <laughs> Uh, perhaps inspired by it, and, and perhaps not inspired by a very specific painting which appears in the, the novel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. We're already ten minutes in. We haven't even uh, summarized where we were up to. <laughs> uh, where were we up to, Hugh? But I think we've formed some compelling theories about our friend Mr. Crichton. Mm, and other novelists. It's fortunate that he's no longer on the line or his ears would be burning. Mm, because he'd be in getting the electric chair for being the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> right, let's hear it. I, I've, I've, no, I just wanted to say, uh, just to return mm. to your... I mean, maybe this is extra textual because it will ruin the illusion of the podcast, but your impression of his voice was very good, I will say. Mm. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yes, I pulled them over to the side of the road and then shot them both in the head. I've never been able to stay with a romantic partner because, inevitably, I am filled with the urge to smash their head in with a lamp. How's that? It's it's kind of a perfect serial killer voice and yeah. it's very sort of non-traditional. It doesn't sound like he possesses any passion that would enable yeah. him to kill. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it, it makes him sound remote from humanity <laughs> and kind of be able to perform those tasks in kind of a clinical fashion. You know, when I wrote Jurassic Park, I identified with the dinosaurs. 
But anyway, um, we're gonna fucking move on. <laughs> Bang goes the gun. A man falls. Scratch one. Bad pros. Good fun. Hot sex. Scratch one. What the fuck happened before this particular point in the book? Uh, so the very last thing that happened is that a plane exploded on the tarmac, right? This plane was, uh, at one point, carrying our protagonist, Roger Carr, but fortunately he managed to uh, exit the vehicle in time for it to explode, without him on it. Um, and it's, it's quite possible, based on a couple of uh, circumstantial details that were uh, described in the last chapter, that it was Roger Carr's own luggage that was responsible for deplaning this plane, as it were. In that it is no longer a plane, it's a uh, husk of a plane. A burnt husk. Mm. Uh, so there's also this international arms trafficking business. Uh, the, our antagonist were Lissau, a French-Algerian dude, and his goon squad, including a uh, German hit, hitman named Brower. They've been assassinating various people involved in a Norway to Israel arms deal. And uh, the French, English and American governments have conspired to facilitate this transaction. They have a, an assassin of their own named Morgan, who was supposed to be on perhaps the same flight that Roger Carr travelled on, mm. um, but uh, was actually not on it because he received updated orders to delay his trip a day. And I guess we can theorise at this particular point that the uh, explosion on the plane was meant to take him out and was planted by these nefarious French Algerians. That's where we are. Yep. What happens next? We're in Nice. Yep. And... And a bunch of people follow Roger Carr, presuming that he is this Morgan fellow. The end. Right? <laughs> yep. Hey, guys. Michael, is that you? Any last words for the listeners on this episode? I'm the Zodiac Killer. Thank you for asking. Oh.